Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 58 of the Camino Voice. Today, I get to speak with the owner of Lopez Island Creamery. Please welcome Alex Thiemann. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice podcast, where I interview folks around Camino Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, Subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. On this episode, I got to speak to the owner of Lopez Island Creamery. <clears throat> and you probably already know this, but they provide our ice cream here at the Marketplace. And um, I got to actually work with Alex and his team a little bit when I was preparing to launch the ice cream department here. Um, they generously let me work with them and taught me some stuff. And um, anyways, not only that, they also helped us create a custom Camino Island coffee ice cream that we only sell here, um, which has just turned out really, really good. So anyways, we get into all of that. We also get into the um, <laughs> surprising amount number of owners that Lopez Island Creamery has had in the past. Um, and a little bit into that. And we get to hear Alex's story of how he ended up um, buying that business. And um, anyways, so without further ado, here's my conversation with Alex Thiemann. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode. Today, I'm here with the owner of Lopez Island Creamery. Welcome to the podcast, Alex, Alex Thiemann. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So before we get started, tell us a little bit about Alex. Um, yeah, so I, uh, as we were talking about, um, before we started here, I'm, I'm not a big talker, so you're gonna have to push me along on all of this, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so grew up, uh, in Washington, uh, native, just grew up in Auburn about, uh, 40 minutes south of Seattle. Um, uh, so Auburn high school graduate, PLU graduate, uh, spent some time working in around Auburn, Sumner for food and packaging brokerage. And then purchased Lopez Island Creamery in 2011. Okay. Um, so yeah. Nice. So you yeah, haven't haven't ventured too far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't either. So. <laughs> um, so you you grew up in Auburn. Did you guys uh, like? Were you pretty much stationary there? Did you guys move around? Pretty stationary there. Okay. Um, yeah. Really spent most of my whole life in Auburn. Okay. I suppose. Yeah. And did you have siblings in that? Uh, do you have siblings? Yeah, yeah, I have uh, one sister and then uh, quite a few step siblings. Okay. Um, who who I got quite close with uh, nice. as the years went on. They're a little older, but um, a really good group of people to grow up with. So Very I was cool. lucky. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so you said you you graduated high school and then you went to PLU and PLU is Pacific Lutheran University. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What did you study there? I studied psychology. <laughs> um, I was partially interested in it, but I think. The beginning of my junior year, I went to the counselor and I said, asked her how I could possibly graduate on time. And she looked at what I'd done and she said, well, if you go for psychology, you could probably graduate on time. And so that made that decision <laughs> pretty easy. I wasn't what you'd call a star student, I don't think. So <laughs> it was quite a series of miracles for me to graduate. <laughs> okay. So um, what did you choose Pacific Lutheran? Uh, my mother went there, um, and so that was, I suppose, kind of got me started on it right away, and other family members had to, visited the campus, and okay. it was really nice, um, 
and not a terribly large school, which which I liked. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it, it did a, seem to be a really good fit for me. I really enjoyed my time there. Nice. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So then uh, you said you graduated with a psychology degree. What were you planning on studying when you went in there? Was that your, your goal in the beginning? or? It wasn't my goal at the beginning. I was planning on being a business major. Okay. Uh, but I think I took, yeah, maybe it was an accounting class for a good week, maybe two, and realized that that really wasn't going to be an option for me, and so then switched out of it. Okay. Uh, why, why was it not an option? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just wasn't very strong. Math, you know, wasn't a strong suit, and it didn't hold my attention very well at the time. Mm-hmm. So, again, I, I wasn't the strongest uh, star student there, so... <laughs> um, but uh, but it wor- worked out okay. It was psychology was very interesting, um, but and, and for some time I thought maybe I'd go on uh, and taking that as more of a career. But that takes a lot more schooling really yeah. to to do anything with psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, so were you looking at like counseling or? Yeah, counseling possibly I thought might be kind of interesting. Um, but but again, you know, once I was getting close to graduating, I realized, boy, I, I think I'm I'm done going to school now so yeah well that was something when I was going to school it was um you know I went to engineering school and there were certain people that you would come across and they're like yeah like I want to go and work a few years and then go back and get my master's or people that were into school and I was like I am so done when I am done with school I'm never coming back yeah that was a very that's a familiar feeling yeah (laughs) I know (laughs) so plus it was like it was so much work and you don't get paid for it. You have to pay for doing that work. So then when that flips, I'm like, oh, this is so much better. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it is a lot better. Yeah, you have a lot to look forward to after school. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So then um, you graduate from PLU. Um, then where'd you go from there? I My stepfather is a general contractor, and so I worked for him throughout school, and then I worked for him for a bit after PLU. Um, just kind of waiting around for an opportunity to open up at a food and packaging brokerage. So I, um, yeah, it was, it was a sales position where, um, we would sort of be the sales team for larger, uh, food manufacturing companies meeting okay. with their reps, uh, sales presentations to distributors. Uh, and that's kind of where I got to know a little about the sales structure in the food industry, got to know a couple players mm-hmm. in this area, buyers and that kind of thing um, that I didn't realize at the time, but would really help me along um, in my current position at Lopez Anna Creamery. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that was a really nice piece of knowledge to have that I probably didn't uh, appreciate as much as I should have at the time. <laughs> yeah. So you were doing construction. How did you get, how did you make that jump? How did you get connected with that group? That it was through a friend that I, it was a, it was a family um, friend was the the owner of the business. Okay, um, and so I had mentioned my interest in working for them at the company, and then they uh, eventually, yeah, uh, found a position for me. They nice. opened up, so yeah, it worked out really well. Very very lucky there. Nice. How yeah. long were you working with them? It was about two and a half years. Okay. Yeah, which I didn't. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I was terribly good at it. I, I don't ever consider myself a great salesperson. Um, I like, you know, talking about things I'm passionate about and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, we were selling things like food packaging, paper bags and that kind of thing, okay. which I wasn't, I, I wouldn't say I was terribly strong at. 
Um, and, but it was a great learning experience. And, and so, yeah. And you probably had like mentors and stuff that were helping you along. And for sure. Yeah. 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 I got to meet some really great people during that time. Um, but yeah, I was really happy to move on that while I was at, uh, that company, I was looking for something else to do. I'd always wanted to own a company. Okay. And, uh, so looking for, you know, something else and then finally it kind of came up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. then, um, how, how did that kind of come around then? Um, so yeah, I originally didn't, um, yeah, I, 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 I wanted to run a company, I guess, and kind of from my time at school and, and, and in other positions, I realized that I'm probably not a good candidate for someone else to take me and say, I want you to run my company. So my option I realized would be that I need to do this on my own. <laughs> um, so I need to, you know, start a company or purchase a company. Um, and I didn't necessarily have a lot of knowledge in, in how to run a company. So the plan was, is what happened is to find a very small company that was affordable and uh, manageable for, for me. And then that the previous owners would, uh, teach me how to kind of run the thing and then I could take it from there. Yeah. Um, so I had a pretty, that was kind of my goal is to, to find a company that I thought I could manage. So I looked, uh, it's pretty broad. I mean, as put offers in on a gluten-free bakery, um, a home insulation company, a party rental. Uh, and, and, uh, so it took about a year of, reading lots of PLs and about <laughs> different companies and, and finally found Lopez. Yeah. And it really seemed like a good fit. Very yeah. cool. Well, and something that, um, you know, we had an accountant that worked with us and um, she moved on to another, uh, like a larger company. And so then we didn't have an accountant and I had been working with a company for about a year uh, for my dad's company. Yeah. And at that point he was like, well, we need someone to t take this position. He's like, why don't you step into it? <laughs> um, and I was like, well, I was an engineer, but, Sure, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, reading through multiple P&Ls and balance sheets and all that stuff. I mean, that'll give you a degree in accounting pretty quick or at least give you a good understanding of how business runs, what things mean. Yeah, that's that's right. And I, I that's definitely how I learned how to do it. It's just, yeah, looking at all these different companies and you compare, you know, where the profits are, what they're spending money on mm -hmm. and all these different line items. So that was really helpful, too, that I still use that knowledge today. Yeah. Know, looking at stuff. So yeah. it What's, is. Oh, no. go ahead. So, sorry, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's funny how that that really kind of that knowledge helps. Yeah, um, along the way. So. Was that intimidating to you after you kind of like looked at being a business major, gone through some account or gone through that accounting class, and then were like, I don't know if I can do this, and then actually <laughs> looking at the real world stuff? How did that feel? Um, I guess a little bit, but I, th I think that was sort of part of my motivation too, is to do it, do it when I was young so that one, I mean, I wasn't married, didn't have kids, so I didn't have a lot of other obligations, but also I figured this is my shot to do it when I'm young and, and can, you know, if this doesn't work out, if I'm really not good at it, then I know, and I might still have time to go have another career <laughs> and, and, and still make, you know, something of myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I, I sort of went into it with the thought that, you know, the, the, I, I can't, I can't make this fail. It needs to, it needs to stay alive and right. work and I can't lose this amount of money <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> and waste all these years. So, 
Uh, so it, it, to me, it was sort of every day. I was like, there's no other option. You just need to make it work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it just, yeah. When I was looking at book work and all that stuff, it just took a little longer. But, yep. Yeah. Very and fun. then finally uh, we grew enough so we could hire somebody. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you're starting out, it's just you doing all those things. Yeah, well, I, I, I should say, we, I have had a lot of help. My sister, uh, I pulled her into it early on. Okay. So at, at the t- when, I, when I purchased Lopez on the Creamery, the, um, it was really small. And soon after, things kind of, we some, had some turnaround within the, the one or two employees at the time. I begged my sister to come up and join me. So she was a big help and is much better at things that I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. So... Um, we were both living in Seattle at the time. So every morning we'd meet up, commute up to Anacortes, uh, and then she'd make ice cream and I'd do deliveries okay. uh, and then we'd go home. And, and then at that time too, my mom would come up a couple of days a week and help with the book work and everything, which she's very good at. And, uh, so, so that's kind of how I got my feet wet, but it was, couldn't have done it without, without them. And yeah. along the way, couldn't have done it with, with all the help from employees and, and friends right so 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 tell us about how did you get so when you got connected with lopez island creamer you started talking with the the previous owner mm-hmm. how did that uh transpire from there um i let's see here when 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 i yeah initial contacts with the company came up and sort of just checked out the company i think went on some deliveries with uh with the owner at the time jim just to kind of meet a few customers and see if this is you know a legitimate company and and if it uh has the legs to maybe continue to grow and that kind of thing so yeah just just got to know it a little bit um one of the big aspects to it at the time was that i th- they were willing to hold the loan for me i, really? I couldn't get a okay. loan through a bank mm-hmm. and so so that was a big piece too <laughs> is that um that, that it would all be financially possible yeah um and then once i kind of got to know the owners we were really great and helpful we we wrote up a, a contract where you know purchase price and then also uh that they would stay on for six months and really kind of babysit it with me and make sure that i knew everything yeah uh, before they 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 left because um, i was pretty nervous I, I i didn't know if i if i could do it right away yeah. so when well, buying a business that's a that's a big venture it, it's a lot of money you're putting on the table and then it's not like a house where you're like, well, I'll live in here for the next however many years. Like you're putting this much money down. You're like, and it could be gone. And <laughs> that's what terrifying. it felt like. I know it's like, boy, one misstep and this could really fall apart. <laughs> yeah. But, but no, it's, it's, it's worked out well. And, and yeah, they were a huge help. The previous owners, Jim and Jan, uh, kind of getting things going and, and teaching me and answering all my silly questions at the time. Yeah. So, so you know. when they, um, did they actually, I'm assuming they actually started it on Lopez Island. Uh, well, yeah, it, it did spend a lot of time on Lopez Island. The company had been going for quite a while, actually. It just didn't, hadn't grown uh, very much. It was mainly just did business right on the islands uh, and a little bit in Anacortes, I suppose, Skagit okay. Valley. Um, but it had actually gone, I think, through three different owners, including the ones I purchased it from. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah, I found this old article, uh, I think it was the Seattle Times, possibly, 
from an owner before them where they tried to sell it through this essay contest where they put it out on the newspaper and it said, you know, <laughs> send in $200 and tell us why you deserve this company and, uh, and then we'll pick the best one. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was sort of a funny, funny history. Wow. Yeah. So how, do you know how old the company is then? It's, uh, yeah, I don't know the exact date, uh, but it's about 26 years old. Okay. I think. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that had gone through so many people and. Yeah. I know I've, I've run into people who have said they were the, the original owners or a previous owner. They it was just sort of one time I just got a call in the afternoon and it was this lady that, that said, uh, I, I was the founder of Lopez Island Creamery and I like rattled off a few questions and then she had to go and that was it. Never heard from her. Oh no. <laughs> and then there was another gentleman, you know, stopped me on the street and said, Hey, I used to own Lopez Island Creamery and talked to him for a little bit and then that was it. So nice. It's sort of, sort of, sort of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, buying an old, like, uh, house or something and finding a hidden room or something. You're That's like, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know this was here. Yeah. Do I want to know this? I don't know. No. <laughs> no, it's been really, it's been really neat to, to be a part of a company who's, who's had a long history on the islands and, yeah. and uh, helpful in its growth too, because people vacation out there and <clears throat> for years and have, have heard about it and, and appreciate the quality and yeah uh, of the product and, and all those Previous owners seem to have done an excellent job keeping that quality up. And, yeah. and so I'm very appreciative of all the goodwill that came <laughs> along with that because of them. So Yeah. No, for sure. So that I mean that's a long drive though. You were guys were work, you were living in Seattle driving to Anacortis every day. Yeah. Yeah, that was a nightmare. <laughs> um yeah. And I, actually we, I was living in Tacoma when I first purchased it. Oh, so wow. so yeah, it was um my life, um literally, where it would said multiple times a week because the deliveries that I did were mainly on the islands and then one day in Skagit Valley. And okay. So, it, so I'd have to catch like a 6.30 ferry in Anacortes. So I'd be getting up at, you know, four o'clock, doing deliveries, be back at, you know, 10.30 or 11 and then do it all over again. Oh, my uh, word. So, yeah, it, it was... It was interesting at the time. <laughs> I'm glad to have survived and moved on from that that part of my life. <laughs> yeah. So how long were you guys, how long were you living that far away from there? <clears throat> I did that, so yeah, six months in Tacoma. And then I think my wife was going to school at UW, uh, uh, becoming a pharmacist. And so we moved to Seattle and then I, I commuted from there uh, for about, two years wow. and then finally convinced her to move up to Anacortes. You know, she, uh, she was a little hesitant at first, but now we've really grown to love the area yeah. and have, yeah, don't want to move back to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. you guys got out at the right time. I think too. I know. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then when you were taking over the company, then what, um, when you were taking over, I'm sure you looked at the P and everything and we're looking at how you could grow it. What were kind of your, thoughts when you first took over like okay this is how i'm going to grow the company did you have like specific ideas of how you were going to do that yeah uh yeah they weren't in a lot of markets uh, i think when i took over they had just gotten into whole foods in seattle so it was like at that time maybe there were four stores in seattle of whole foods mm -hmm. and then that was really it beyond like skagit valley and the islands and so to me, it seemed like it had a really great product, a really great history, um, and there, at the time, things have really changed in the last eight years, but at the time, there weren't 
a whole bunch of local ice cream companies mm-hmm. uh, in the area. And so it seemed mm-hmm. like, you know, if, if we could get the packaging together and get our story s- together and um, that the product would would be um, very well received, yeah. you know, in, in other grocery stores. Mm-hmm. So... So yeah, that that was really I do deliveries, waiting for ferries. I'd just sit on the phone and and uh, call call buyers, see if I could schedule meetings, and and that was sort of sort of my life at the time. Yeah, as a company, um, you know, I took it over. It it couldn't keep doing what it was doing. It wasn't making money really, mm-hmm. um, which is why it was affordable, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so, so I knew that I had to grow it to make it uh, viable. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, luckily it was a great product. I think that was that. That's the hardest part. Mm-hmm. But that's the easiest thing to sell. Right. As <laughs> a great product. Yeah. So. Very cool. So that's where your sales training came back into practice. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And then so, um, okay. So then you, you guys started growing it. How did were you guys still in the location you currently are in? No. Um, okay. I, they had moved, and I, I think, I'm not sure exactly why they moved it. I, there was a lot of, you know, it, it was hard to run a, a business um, on the aisle, on Lopez. Yeah. You know, limited ferries, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of traffic, and, and, um, and then getting ingredients on and off was really expensive. Right. So it seemed like, I, I think, you know, a lot of, that was the reason they moved off about a year before they tried to sell it. Okay. Um, and, I, and I think that was also played into it that they thought it's going to be a pretty limited market who would want to take over a business on, on an island. Right. Um, and so, 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 yeah, so then I took it over at that point. Um, and we, it was a really small location. Uh, I remember at one point we were, I was doing these sales calls and I'm um, just calling anybody and everyone. And there's this restaurant, a really great restaurant uh, group called Duke's uh, Seafood and Chowder. Oh, okay. Uh, they have eight locations now. And, uh, you know, it, it was one of those calls where I was like, well, there's, there's no chance they're going to call me, but might as well put my name out there and maybe they'll, you know, think of, think of us as we keep growing. And anyways, the, the executive chef called me right back. And said, "Oh, we really like your story. All these things, you know, we'd be interested in, in meeting with you." And they wanted to come up. Duke himself, the the founder, and his whole executive team, it seemed like a very big deal to us <laughs> at the time, and it was because um, we were such a small company. They wanted to come up the next day, and and our our kitchen factory office was so small. I mean, we were like nothing at the time and I th- we spent the whole night we were painting the floors and doing all these <laughs> things to make it like you know so that it seemed like we you know really had everything together and we were this just like you know really organized company and and uh and they they came up and we did this whole presentation and I remember you know the floors I don't they hadn't even really dried yet they're, they're you know we were kind of like sticking on the floor <laughs> I was like oh my gosh it's never gonna work um but but again, I mean, it was a great product, and and uh, and and Duke and his team, I mean, they're looking for you know a great product, natural product, something they could be proud to serve their customers, um, and uh, and they could see that we were very passionate about what we were making. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I had to hand it to them that um, you know 
they believed in us and that and, and it, was, it was those type of customers that really allowed us to to grow yeah and, and so yeah to answer your question we're not in that factory anymore thank goodness <laughs> i think we were running it was like a size of a large bedroom i think wow and so so now we're in um four thousand square feet nice um so it changed our whole process uh and moved in there about five years ago but but we've since grown out of that as well so we're now we're building our we're about to start construction on our new factory. Which oh, will really? Be about three times larger than that. Wow. So. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So it's been it's been fun. Uh, a little exhausting. I feel like I'm still recovering from our last move, but <laughs> um, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Where's your? I mean, I'm assuming in Anacortes, but where is, yeah. where are you guys building now? It'll be right across. Uh, we're right on Highway 20 mm-hmm. as you come in uh, past the Twin Bridges. Okay. Uh, and so right now we're on the right side, right as you come to that first stoplight and we'll be on the left side okay uh, it'll be near a uh, jerry smith chevrolet okay so so Very yeah cool. it'll give us more space and uh be able to keep growing and, and keep improving our product yeah so, yeah so then were you guys um <clears throat> what were you guys super limited on like your flavors and stuff like that or were you a lot more heavily rotating your flavors if you were in that small of a space initially um, that would have been the smarter thing to do, but no, we have always, yeah, the amount of flavors will be our demise. I think we probably carry 90 different flavors now. Wow. Um, and we're not making those all like every week. Um, but we make all of them fairly often I and mean, it's kind of crazy. So, um, so yeah, it, it always happens to be that somebody will call us and say, Oh, we'd love to carry your ice cream. Um, but do you make, uh, you know, candy ginger or something like that. And we'll say, oh, yeah, of course. What's one more flavor? And so now here we are, like, you know, 20 years later with 90 different flavors. Um, but it's fun. Like, we, I, I think, you know, that's that's one of the benefits that we think we can offer to our customers is we, we're happy to create custom flavors for, yeah. for them. Um, and they end up being really good. Yeah. We People are always asking, are you working on, you know, a new flavor for your, you know, that and... It's it's mostly, I think, mostly developed through chefs and owners of other companies. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of why we're doing it. Yeah. Um, and and they have great ideas, and it's fun to collaborate with them. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Well, that's been. I mean, that was a huge, like, neat thing for us when we were starting up working with you guys. Is. Um, we were like, well, it'd be really neat to have a coffee ice cream that actually used our coffee. That's right. And you guys yeah. were like, we could do that. And <laughs> I was like, like what's really? one more? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're part of the problem there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. You're no. welcome. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, yeah, that was, I mean, I think that's such a neat aspect of your guys' business that you guys have continued to be very dynamic and, and build those things out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it it does make it more fun, and, and we like to say uh, yes uh, a lot more than no, and so so it hasn't caught up with us yet, uh, but maybe someday. <laughs> Very cool. So a question I had. So um, with I mean, there's a lot of other big ice cream. There's like high end, low end big ice cream brands in this area and stuff like that. But then there's also a lot of like micro ice creameries where they just make it for their shop and stuff. But how do you guys stand out um, from other ice cream companies, stuff like that? Yeah, the um, there's there's quite a few aspects um, uh, of why why we stand out. Um, you know, when we compare ourselves to like very large companies. 
Ben and Jerry's or Tillamook or that kind of thing. Um, we do things like very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, even the, the smaller companies, um, you know, so, so anyways, we, we started off, most small ice cream companies make a purchase a bagged, uh, pre-made ice cream mix, uh, which Lopez did too, uh, when, when I took over. So you purchase it from a large dairy and you specify you know, the butter fat that you're looking for. And then you take that, you know, two and a half gallon bag of, of ice cream mix and pour it into your batch freezer and then add in your inclusions, your strawberries or whatever your flavor is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 10 minutes later you have your, your ice cream. Okay. And you can make an excellent ice cream that way, but you don't have very much control over the most important ingredient. You know, the cream and the sugar and the egg yolks, that mixture oh, yeah. really is sort of the bread and butter to you why your ice cream is, you know, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something I realized soon after purchasing the company that would be really nice, be a nice thing to control. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to purchase locally if you're buying a bag mix. Um and it's it's hard to be in complete control of your you know safety measures because you're really doing a very small portion of the manufacturing process. Yeah. Um, so so that was sort of a goal when I when I first purchased it to someday be making your own mix. But you need to get to a certain volume to make it right. reasonable because you're having to you know take in large amounts of cream. And then pasteurize the cream uh, and, and sugars and egg yolks and that kind of thing. So it took us, uh, yeah, five years or so. Um, but then with that, with that move, that gave us the space, uh, and we also had the business to support that. Okay. So so now we're proud to say that we we can take or we do take fresh cream from local farms. Um, pasteurize in-house and make an ice cream that that is truly made from scratch um, and, and and we have complete control of it and can make even more custom flavors for different different customers uh, change the butter fats and the sugars and everything Wow um, so it, it did add a, a, a much uh, yeah much more to the manufacturing process um, but it also made us more efficient yeah. Too, uh, in the long run. Very cool. Which is nice. Yeah. How so th- was that that change for you guys then? Like as far as implementing it, because that's I'm imagining that's a massive change from just taking a bag and mixing it versus this whole massive process. Yeah, it was. I was really <laughs> nervous about that. Yeah. I we we were running on this little facility that that I sort of took over at the time and. Um, you know, got in touch with uh, Nether Industries out of Enum Claw. They they help breweries along with dairies sort of outfit um, tanks and and can kind of uh, create these production facilities. Mm. Um, so I met with them quite a few times and got mm. to sort of see. Okay, I'm looking for these sort of tanks and and started looking to purchase most everything used from all over the country. Uh, because stainless steel is very expensive, <laughs> as you probably know here. Uh, and uh, so kind of pieced together this this facility um, that we were kind of building while we were operating out of a little one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember after months and months of construction, going, going over there, it was finally done, and like worked up this recipe and everything, and I was like, oh my gosh, I really hope this works. Like we're putting a lot of you know, hope into this and, and 
pasteurized it and threw it in the machine and froze it up and it turned out great and we're like oh my gosh this is gonna be something <laughs> so yeah it was uh but it was really uh, it was it was really stressful at the time but it also felt like a big turning point for yeah. the company um to be able to do that it felt like okay if we can do this we can we can produce you know any type of ice cream right. and, and really improve our product um and our story um mm-hmm. you know be able to purchase locally is, was was always the thing that we really wanted to do but but couldn't i mean we were purchased from oregon I, uh, companies before yeah. which isn't too bad but right. it, it's more fun to be purchasing locally so yeah <laughs> so how often do you guys get loads of milk delivered about uh about once a week okay um so yeah we're yeah we produce somewhere around 4,500 gallons of ice cream <laughs> per week. Um, I remember last year, we, I was looking at the numbers on our, uh, on our, uh, on QuickBooks, and I realized that when, for a whole for a whole year, period, um, we produced the same amount of ice cream, uh, in I think two and a half weeks time that we did for a full year when I first took over. Uh, like seven seven years ago, and so it's wow. So it was. It's fun to see like how how different the business is, yeah, and, and how far we've come. Yeah, so, yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. <clears throat> um, very cool. So then, um, how how far does Lopez Island Creamery span right now, as far as delivery range and stuff? We, uh, it's mainly uh, Alaska, Washington, Oregon. Oh wow! Um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, the majority of it's going to Washington, okay. I suppose. Um, but uh, yeah, we there was a couple, couple years ago. I noticed on our sales sheet that I started seeing Guam pop up. So one of our distributors to, distributors distribute to Guam as well. So okay, <laughs> so we are we go out there quite a ways. But I, I, that, that was sort of just a. a a weird, weird <laughs> deal. <laughs> I didn't do a sales call out there, although I think I'd like to. But. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, especially during the winter over here. Right. Seriously. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so then, you guys are building the new facility and everything. Um, what kind of? Uh, I mean, apart from just production, what else is there? Anything else that you're kind of building within this facility that you're like really excited that you weren't able to do in the first one that you built? We, the, the, the capability is a really, a big one where our tanks are getting, you know, they're feeling pretty small like, again. Um, and, uh, the number of machines that we can have in our current facility is it's getting pretty cramped. Um, storage is always an issue. We need larger freezers now to store ice cream. Um, we're also, we're coming out, we've been making these ice cream sandwiches that have been very well received nice um, but we can't make very large quantities of them in our current facility okay um, it's labor intensive and we just don't have the room for it um and we we don't want to put out a product that that is rushed or we we can't do right right so we're doing as many as we can right now uh and uh but the new facility will allow allow for that um we'll also we're also working on possibly having a small tasting room for some customers to come in and try our ice cream. And, um, and yeah, I might even have an office at this point. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dreaming big over there. So. <laughs> oh, very cool. So then how many people do you um, have working for you right now then? 
we have it, it, our, our our business is pretty seasonal still. Mm-hmm. So summer, we have probably about twenty employees, and then during the rest of the year, we're at uh, ten or eleven. Okay. So yeah, it's a small, close knit group. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they we have like a really really excellent crew. Yeah. Um, and they're really fun to work with. I nice. Think one of the biggest bummers about um, this COVID going on is that we can't all get together after work and um, do all these things. It's we've been sad about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. How has that kind of affected you as far as your business and everything? Uh, yeah. We, we certainly had to scramble quickly to put processes together um, to make sure we were allowing a safe environment to work in for employees, making sure our, our product was safe. Um, we, we do a lot of cleaning as it is. Mm-hmm. And so service cleaning and, and machinery and, and all that sanitizing, uh, we felt really good about. We kind of readdressed all of that, I suppose, um, and, and continue to just as, as things change and, and more data comes out. Um, but, um, but yeah, it, it, it certainly affected us. Half of our business is uh, into restaurants, food service, scoop shops, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so as you're you know, very well aware of, a lot of those customers you know, shut down or really slowed down. Right. Um, so, so that really hurt us mm-hmm. you know, kind of early on. Um, but it has come back quite a bit. The other okay. half of our business, luckily, is into grocery stores, um, retail. And so that's picked up quite a bit. Okay. Um, and it hasn't completely made up for the losses, but it's, it's getting pretty close. Yeah. So. Well, that's what I was kind of wondering. I was like, I'd imagine your grocery sales, sales store mm-hmm. sales went way up because people were couldn't do nothing and just stay at home. And if I'm at home, I want to eat ice cream. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I know it. That's what we were hoping for. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. So that really helped us <clears throat> in that way. We feel really lucky. You know, watching a lot of our you know restaurant customers, they've done an amazing job to sort of pivot to a different type of business, grab and go, and, mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. Um, so I, I, yeah, I consider ourselves very lucky to to be able to you know keep operating at a you know semi-normal state. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so, what do you kind of see as the future of Lopez Island Creamery moving forward? Uh, the future, I, um, yeah, we're, the goal has always been, I suppose, for Lopez to be um, the Northwest's favorite brand, I guess. And so we're, we're always kind of, many of, most of our decisions are, you know, kind of based around that idea is that we want to be, you know, um, our region's favorite ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's, you know, keep continuing to improve quality and, efficiency, um, then, then that, that's our goal. Um, and, and that's a lot of the motivation for the new building, you know, be able to be more open to the public. Um, we have this really cool process, but it's people, people come in from time to time and, and we give them a tour, but it's not really set up for tours very well. Mm. Um, but it's really interesting and, and a cool thing. And so, it, so, so we thought that would be kind of a, a neat opportunity that we could give to the, the area around here to come see what we're doing and why this ice cream is so special yeah. and how we buy locally and, and, 
produce by hand and all that. Um, so to, to keep building on that, I, I think it's been the goal. Um, and obviously kind of keep growing with that, coming up with new products. Um, we're excited about these ice cream sandwiches um, and, and building our food service side as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I suppose I don't have like a hard goal in <laughs> mind, no hard numbers or anything. Yeah. But, um, you know, we're, <laughs> we, we have a lot of fun with the group that, that's there right now. And so we, we always want to make sure there's room for lots of fun too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have a, a like a mission statement? No. Okay. Because <laughs> you were saying like you know, being I know the Northwest favorite ice cream brand. I was like, oh, that sounds like it's like part of a mission statement. I know. There. Yeah, we should have a mission statement. That's a good idea. Yeah. Talk to the owner about that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, very cool. All right. Well, I always end the podcast with some rapid fire questions, but I edited them a little bit this time because you're not here on Camano. Um, <laughs> But I think it'll be good because it'll give the listeners some some new areas that go check out in the area. So, um, first one is: Do you have a lesser known or favorite location uh, in this area that you like to hang out? Um, yeah, I do like. I mean, you can't really go wrong with anywhere around here. It does feel like. Uh, but yeah, there's just beaches everywhere. I really like you know having a picnic or hanging out with friends at the beach on uh, in Anacortes, Washington Park. Uh, is a really great park there. And if you go down sort of on the south side, I suppose there's, I think it's called Secret Beach. And there's a little staircase. It's a little hard to see, but it's usually not too crowded. And uh, yeah, a really, really pretty place to hang out. Nice. Yeah. Um, pretend you have a friend coming from out of town. Uh, what would their first day look like? Uh, it depends on the season. But yeah, this time of year, certainly crabbing's open. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, my family and I, we spent a lot of time out on the boat, crabbing and fishing and tripping. Um, and so I was excited to have, you know, friends and family come up and join us in that. Yeah. So, yeah, I suppose that'd be at the top of the list. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, was, I was talking with someone else, but it's it's interesting because it's uh, like I've grown up with crabbing and stuff like that. Like it's yeah. been part of the summers and stuff like that. But a lot of people have never done that. Like, yeah, it's not somewhat something that you can just go out and do. Like you pretty much have to have your own boat, and right. you know. Yeah, so. I think last year, the year, be- yeah, the year before last was my. Fr- I'd never crabbed before, and so it is really fun. Yeah, <laughs> it hasn't worn off yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, the kids, kids think it's great. Yeah, but yeah, they really do. Um. All right. Who is an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next? I. Th- I think right right now it would certainly be interesting to maybe talking to some restaurant owners to see how how they've changed their business. I think mm-hmm. they're um, you know one of the business groups that have really had to pivot in a big yeah. way. Um, so we have some like great restaurants who also happen to be our customers and Anacortes, uh, yeah, like Kaya at Adrift or Tim um, at A Town. Um, they've they've done some cool things. Um, Rick at Rockfish to sort of stay open. Um, but also keep their employees and customers safe. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think that might be pretty interesting to, to hear how they sort of came to their new business model and, and what sort of, um, struggles and successes they yeah. had. I'd certainly be interested in tuning in for that. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. All right. And lastly, if you could have a message on a billboard, um, we'll just say on the freeway, what would that say? 
Oh, right now, I suppose you'd have to say something about wearing your mask. Maybe like, um, uh, remember to remove your mask before ice cream or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that that'd be a good one. Yeah. Could be sponsored by Lopez. Adam. There you go. That's right. Yeah, you got a little plug in there. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah. All right, and Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Alex Seaman for joining me on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other Islanders like yourself. And for more information on this episode, you can go to kamenocommons.com slash EP58. That's kamenocommons.com slash EP58. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.